what is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today's guest is my good friend, Justin Murphy, who runs iCoach Nutrition. Justin uh, is somebody I met earlier in the year through Jason Phillips, and he started his business hitting the ground running. He was already in the CrossFit space, but he jumped into nutrition because that was his true passion. And he's just grown so much throughout the year. And I've actually been able to firsthand watch this happen um, as a friend, as a follower, and just as another fellow mentee, I guess, in this mastermind group that we are both a part of. And it's been really cool to see his journey. So I really just want to get him on the podcast to have a cool conversation between two coaches. So this is myself and Justin Murphy talking about his story, which is very interesting, going through his childhood into college, into some incidents with drugs in jail and getting out of there and kind of having this revelation of what he needed to do to create more positivity in his life and other lives um, and create a career for himself and doing so in the positive path. And and now he is running a business. He is successful. He is happy. He is married. He is, has a kid on the way. I keep telling him it's going to be a daughter, but he doesn't know yet on the way that is fueling his passion. It was just really cool to get him on and, and to give you guys some inspiration. I mean, today is New Year's Day, which I do have a special for you guys. Stay tuned for that. But it is New Year's Day, and I wanted you guys to hear an episode where you could get some fuel to your fire. So listening to Justin go through his story is a perfect example of really being able to do anything that you set your mind to. And then we finish the podcast with just kind of coach talk, right? We go back and forth on some nutritional concepts that I think you will find uh, not only interesting, but very valuable to yourself and your results and your clients if you are a coach. Now, before we get into the show with Justin, I have a quick announcement because today is New Year's Day and I had to do something to give you guys extra value, give you guys an opportunity, let you discover a possible situation that may lead to better results in 2019. I had to do something for you. So what we decided to do was a paid in full option for the Boom Boom Elite membership site. This is the number one inner circle for training on the web. And I stand by that and I believe that with 100% conviction. And the reason I believe that is not only because of the intelligent programming, the multiple options for different splits, cardio, conditioning, mobility, all these different things that can make you get an individualized approach within the membership site, but also because nobody is putting out as much educational content as I am inside of their inner circle, inside of their membership site. And I stand by that. There is so much information going inside of this, and there is so much access to me in order to help you get your questions answered, get your training tweaked and adjusted, get your lifts critiqued and feedback on your form, and just so much positive feedback from myself and the community inside that I do not believe anybody is doing the inner circle, the membership site training like I am. And because of that, and it's the new year, we're doing a paid in full option where you can save over 25% on the year. Over 25%. I'm not shitting you guys. So if you want access to the Boom Boom Elite, the training membership site inner circle, you can click the link in the description. You can go enter the coupon code NY25 and you're going to save just over 25% on the paid in full option. This is going to give you access in training program design for the entire year. Now you'll have your training completely periodized from today all the way to the end of December. Guys, this is a great opportunity, one that will never come back up. So if you want in, click the link in the, in the description below in the show notes. Um, it'll take you there. Make sure you enter the coupon code NY25, and you can get in on this opportunity, which will be gone tomorrow. So if you guys are listening to this on January 2nd, it will no longer be good. It's literally only for today. So if you're listening to this on New Year's Day, make sure you jump on this ASAP. All right, without any further ado, let's get on to this awesome episode with Justin Murphy. Justin Murphy. 
finally getting you on, brother. I'm excited about this because we've known each other for a while. We finally got to kick it in Arizona. Um, we have a lot more in common than we realize. Actually, you realized this and you shared it with me. And I was like, holy shit, this dude is like a, a brother from another mother. Um, so I'm excited to have you on and just bullshit and just kind of tell your story, man. So in a nutshell, for those who don't know who you are, can you just kind of fill us in on who Justin Murphy is? Yeah. Well, Cody, thanks so much for having me on, man. I'm excited. I'm a, I'm a listener of the podcast and love what you're doing. So I'm super excited to be a part of it. Thank um, you, man. So, so yeah, so my name is Justin Murphy. Um, I own a online nutrition and lifestyle coaching company called I Coach Nutrition. Um, been in the kind of nutrition fitness space for about nine, kind of coming up on 10, 10 years now. Um, so yeah, that's kind of in a nutshell. I love it, man. So, so what got you into, uh, let's, I mean, let's dig back even further before entrepreneurship. What were you doing before you started iCoach Nutrition? I believe it was Justin Murphy Nutrition, and then you changed the name to iCoach, which I think was a smart move. Um, I like the name iCoach, but what were you doing before coaching nutrition? Yeah, so basically, um, right before I started Justin Murphy Nutrition, and, and then now what is iCoach Nutrition, so that was about like 10 months ago or so. Um, before that I was working at a CrossFit gym. Um, it was more of like, it was, it was more of like a CrossFit and like sports, sports performance type of gym. Um, and so it was like an 18,000 square foot facility. It had like, I mean, it was just crazy. Like it was like your dream gym, right? Um, the last, so I was there, I was there for five years while I was going to school, pursuing my degree in nutrition. Um, and the last year that I was there, I got a pretty unique opportunity to build a nutrition, a nutrition program at the gym. And so that last year, I, that's what I did. I built a, a online nutrition coaching company at that gym. Um, we had a lot of success with it. And that's kind of what prompted me to then, you know, go all in and, and start my own business after that. Um, and then before that gym, I was at 24-Hour Fitness. So that's where I first started off. Um, I was there for about four years or so as a personal trainer. Um, and that's kind of where I, I got into the field. But before that, kind of like going back to the beginning of my story and like, you know, really what fuels me today um, was when I was, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old, like I was the kid, like I grew up my whole entire life playing sports, you know, kind of like what we had talked about. And um, when I got into high school, you know, like any other kid, like I really just cared about being popular and like all of this stuff. And like at my school, what was like really interesting is, you know, of course all the kids party, like that's what every high school is like, but like ecstasy was a really big thing at our school. And so, um, you know, just kind of like being in sports and like wanting to be popular and kind of like falling in and hanging out like with, with the wrong crowd, if you will that kind of led into kind of that whole party scene. Um, and, and through that party scene, like, you know, it led into like a whole bunch of other things and we can kind of go deeper into that, but that's eventually kind of led me into like ending, spending a night uh, in jail and, and then kind of like getting that wake up call that I needed to, to really like understand that like, dude, like you're not invincible. <laughs> like you have one life, like you have one opportunity to like, go out there and like do everything that you want them to do. And it can be taken away from you like in an instant. Um, and so, you know, through that wake up call, I, that then led me back home. 
I ended up at a 24-hour fitness, like I said, working there. I was working front desk, holding towels, making, a minimum, making minimum wage. Had no idea what I wanted to do with my life at that point. Um, and uh, one, one trainer came up to me one day and he was like, hey, you want to work out with us? And I was like, sure. Um, went and worked out with them. And he was like, why are you, why are you working at the front desk? Like, why, do you, why don't you be a personal trainer? And I was like, what the hell is a personal trainer? Um, and like, long story short, you know, I took my like NASM, NASM, uh, certification. I failed it the first time, um, ended up studying for another month, passed it. And then, you know, the, really the rest was history. Like as I, as I led through 24 hour fitness, I had a lot of great mentors there. Um, I, you know, I went from like failing my first personal training certification to them being like one of the best trainers there. And like the last month that I left 24 hour fitness, like I did like $24,000 that month and I got paid like 7,000. Right. And so that was kind of the big move for me. Like, all right, like I gotta, I gotta go all in. I gotta make the jump and I gotta, I gotta go and do my own thing. Um, and that's what kind of led into personal training on my own and then across the gym and then where we are today. So. So uh, I want to dig a little bit deeper on a couple things. Like I, I want to kind of pick apart that whole story because number one, I want to commend you because first of all, I didn't realize that your nutrition coaching business had only been around for 10 months. You said like for people listening, this guy has grown so fucking much in the last 10 months that I would have expected at least a couple years on your resume of what you've been doing. And it just goes to show like if you, you're such a positive guy and you're so passionate about just giving like every time I talk to you every time I've the one time I've met you and every hour I spent with you it was just like constant give 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 you want to know more about people you want to interact you want to connect you give away stuff all the time and it just goes to show like being a go-giver and being passionate about helping people can serve your business so well because you have to be passionate about this shit you have to be passionate about helping others or this is just not cut out for you so I'm glad that you somehow found this passion because you're meant to do it um, so I just had to take a second to commend you on that but I want to kind of backtrack because you talked about you know getting into some bad habits partying quite a bit and then obviously going to jail and kind of having a wake-up call have you ever like dug a little bit deeper into that and thought about what caused you to go down this path. I mean, you were a really good kid. You got good grades. You went to a good school. You played sports. You were kind of like in that small town uh, glory or whatever you want to call it. And then all of this bad shit happened. Like, have you ever thought about, and you don't have to have an answer for this, but I always look at things like that and, and why I got into partying at a young age is as sedation. I wasn't happy and I was seeking something else to fulfill me. And so I sedated myself. Have you ever thought about that and why you went down that path? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that there's, it's a great question. And first off, thank you. Um, so there's a few different things. One, I, you know, I, I started dating this girl, like my sophomore year, I was a sophomore, she was a senior. Like that's kind of right around the time when I started getting like cool, if you will, right? Like dating the, the upperclassmen, right? <laughs> yep. Um, but we had a, a breakup and it was kind of a bad breakup. It was like one at which like I, you know, like she like cheated on me with like my best friend. Um, and so, and she was like my first love, like, you know, like, you know, all those things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for me, like, I don't know, like I was just like crushed. Like I, I didn't even want to play football anymore. Like it was, it was like super rough on me. Um, and so after that, like, I just like, you know, in, in terms of like girls, like, you know, I was just, partying and like just being this like crazy high school kid that wasn't really like thinking about any you know having consequences for anything that I was doing 
Um, started dating a girl at the time and, and like that crowd that she was hanging out with kind of led me into um, like partying even more and like experimenting with like drugs. Um, and so I think like, you know, there's the coupling of like just, you know, having that, that relationship, which then led into like hanging, like putting myself in that environment, which then led me into like being somebody that maybe I wasn't. Um, because I didn't have, I mean, my great parents, like, you know, I didn't have like my, my parents had no idea that any of this stuff was going on. Um, and so I, I think it was a combination of that. And then I think it was also a combination of like, I had an amazing family, amazing parents, but like, I didn't come from like money. And so money was always like a really, really big driver for me. And when I fell into this, like, you know, whole ecstasy thing, and it was like, you know, God, this stuff's expensive. Like, I don't want to pay for it. And I can just like buy a little bit more and like, you know, like sell it to my friends and I get it for free. And then from there, it, you know, it just kept going more and more and more because I became obsessed with like, like the money aspect of it too. And so I think it was like, a, I think it was a combination of both of those things. Um, but yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I don't know. I think if I, if I had to answer it, honestly, it'd probably be those, those two things. It's, it's going to make you think even more after you get off the show too, man. <laughs> You're going to start thinking. So at this point, you, you do get locked up. You spend a night in jail and you kind of had this wake up moment. What was your mindset like getting out of there? Like was, I know that that was kind of the wake up call, but did you go seek those same sedations again? Did you go find a more positive sedation? Like, what were you occupying your time with? Like, what made you actually stick to a positive path? Because as a lot of people know, they always say, like the old saying, like, bad habits never die. Like, a lot of people get in trouble. They go into bad habits. It doesn't just disappear. So the fact that you, like, cold turkey went down a positive path and created success in multiple areas of your life is somewhat surprising from an outside outsider's point of view so what did you do and what was your mind frame like when you got out of jail yeah well i'll i'll bring it back to to really that that night when it all happened so um i i ended up like it, i didn't get in trouble for anything with drugs thank god like if i would have gotten in trouble with drugs like i would have been in jail for the rest of my life or dead so thank god i got in trouble for this which was it was just a very petty little thing. But that night I was so naive that like, I literally got like the, um, the officer comes, he takes us to jail. Like I thought I was going to get like a ticket. Like I had no idea. And you know, they book us. Like I go into this jail cell. This, this guy is in there for like seven years for like stabbing two people. And I'm just like, like I'm freaked the fuck out. Like I am scared out of my mind. Like that night, like I was not religious at all up to that point. And that night, like, I kid you not, I sat there and I read a Bible all night long. And I mean, I, I think back to it now, like it makes me like kind of choke up a bit. Cause it's like, I mean that, that night like literally changed my whole entire life because I, you know, I, I, I basically, I mean, you've heard stories like this before, right. But, and it kind of sounds a little cliche, but it was like, this is like literally the moment that, you know, like God, like saved me. And, you know, I, I didn't know this, this person, this God. Right. And I just sent out a prayer and I'm like, look, I know these last like two or three years, like all I've really done is like hurt people. So if you give me like this, this second chance, the second opportunity at life, like, because I was, I was facing like felonies at that time. 
which and everything ended up getting like expunged off my record. Thank God. I mean, it was literally a mirror. So like I made, I, I made, I prayed this night and I said, you know, I know like the last two, three years has been, you know, me just hurting people. So if you give me this second chance at life, like I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to helping other people. And like, that's been like the fuel for me for like literally almost 10 years now. And like, will always be the fuel because I mean, I will never forget that night in jail. Like it was only one night, it was only 24 hours, but like, oh my God, like it wasn't like a little, you know, city jail. Like, this dude was in there for stabbing two people. I thought this dude was going to stab me that night. Like, I, so in terms of my mindset, like that, you know, I just look at it as like, I made a promise to, to somebody that night that like, I never want to break. And it's been the fuel for my whole entire life, you know, since the very beginning. And when I came back, dude, like, I mean, I thought that night was like my lowest low, but when I came back, you know, I was like on, in like the homecoming court. I got, I was like one of like three people that got a football scholarship. Like, you know, I was like this popular kid and like everybody liked me and all these things. And I come back and like, it was, so I had to face my parents, then I had to face my three little brothers and sisters. Like they're all crying. Then I had to face like my community, like my friends, my friends' parents. Like, I mean, it was literally the lowest low of my whole entire life because I mean, people literally were making comments like, you're a piece of shit, like you're worthless, like, you know, you name it. Like it was bad. Like don't, don't hang out with my kid anymore, like stuff like that. And so, you know, <laughs> I knew that I made a mistake, but I also knew that I made it, I got a second chance. So like, I wasn't going to sit there and just like feel bad for myself. Like I knew that like I had to do something and like I was going to turn it around and like, you know, I'm not going to say like I wanted to stick it to those, to those haters or whatever, but like it was, there was some motivation in there. Like I knew that like I made a mistake, but I also knew that that wasn't me and I just fell into something that, you know, it, it wasn't me. And I, and I got a wake up call. I got a second chance and, you know, it's been 10 years, but like I've been working my ass off every single day. It's like, you know, prove that that second chance was was worth it. I think that, you know, you probably did have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder just from like those people, right? Just to kind of prove them wrong. But a part of me thinks that a little bit of a chip on your shoulder is sometimes a good thing to have because it does keep you fueled. What some and answer this in a way where the listeners can really take something away, because I think you were in that specific situation, but I think everybody has been at a point in their life where they're at a low and they do feel sorry for themselves. They feel bad for themselves. They are kind of pissed at where they're at. They are in a depression, they're anxious, stressed, whatever it may be. And it's holding them back from actually taking action and doing anything about it. You kind of just feel like you're in quicksand, right? Like you want to do something about it so bad, but you're just lacking confidence and energy to do so. What allowed you to still do so? Like, is there anything that went through your mind that was still like, or even that you still carry on this day to wake you up and push that was like, fuck this. I'm still going to move forward. Even though all these people are saying these things, even though I have this on my record now, even though I lost my potential of doing X, Y, Z, whatever it may be, is there something that went through your mind or that still goes through your mind to keep you motivated? Um, yeah, I mean, I think like, you know, it's like motivation, I always say like motivations, it's not, it's not a real thing, right? Like it comes and it goes. And I think that I have like different things in my life that have come in that motivate me. For example, you know, nine, 10 months ago, whatever, when I started the business, two months after that, I found out that my wife was pregnant and we were having our first child. 
So like motivation wise now, well, it's that I just made a fucking huge investment in my business for 2019 and that I have a child that is arriving here in one month. Like that's my motivation now. But to apply it to everybody else to think about it, like, I mean, I think, I think the mindset is this, is that like you only get one life. You only get one opportunity, one shot, one chance. Like, and as soon as you realize that, like the problem is people just don't realize it. Like I realized it at a very young age, at 18 years old in a jail cell. Like I almost got my life taken away from me. I almost thought that like literally for the rest of my life, everything that I'd always dreamed of doing, I wasn't gonna even get the opportunity to do. Like we live in America. Like you have all the opportunity in the world. Like the only thing that's holding you back is you. I love that dude. It's perspective. And I think a lot of people actually don't have perspective, right? And it's unfortunate too, because a lot of people have to go through such a shitty situation to get things almost taken away from them to realize that they only have this one life and everything. So like to the listeners, just take that in and really consider that and really think of that that, and put that perspective into your life and into your actions before you have to, before you experience something like just an experience. Right. Um, And I think that's so huge. I got jumped when I was 20 years old. I wasn't even 21. And I was at a party in a bad neighborhood I grew up in, so on and so forth. And similar situation, I got sent to the hospital, woke up, face is swollen, stitches, my eyebrow was gone. Like it was really bad. That was my wake up call. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? And I, the lady was like, you're lucky you're alive. Like that was a full half gallon of Captain Morgan's that they hit you in the face with and then proceeded to kick you like that bad. And it it takes things like that to make you like kind of snap out of it. But I had some friends that were, had that realization because I went through that. They were like, holy shit, dude, like I need to get my shit together. You know what I mean? So I'm glad that you can share this, man. So going forward from there, dude, like you obviously, you made this promise that you wanted to help people. You started being a trainer. This has led you into the health space. You transitioned from 24 hour fitness to a, I would call it like a functional training facility, but there was some CrossFit aspect in there. How did you make that switch? Like when was like the discovery of CrossFit? When did you start getting into that stuff? Because I think like we've been in the space for around the same time where it was like at first you're either like a bodybuilding bro just doing straight bro workouts or the functional movement where you're doing everything on a BOSU ball and then CrossFit and all this shit came into play. So what happened in that point and like what kind of gave you the bug? Yeah. So I I definitely did all those things. Um, you know, I, I've made all, I tell people all this time, like I've made, I've made all the mistakes, you know? And like, that's, I think that's what makes great coaches is like, they've, they've gone through it themselves. They've seen it in other people. Um, but yeah, the transition from, from 24 hour fitness to the CrossFit gym, um, it was really interesting. It was, it was really, really scary. Right. I had tons of people that tell me that like, you're going to fail. I sold so many 24 hour fitness trainers that left and then came back. And I swore to myself, if I leave this place, I'm never coming back. And so I left. Um, clients ended up like going with me. I was living in an apartment complex at that time by the gym. It was a pretty nice apartment complex. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pay. I'm going to rent a garage. Me and another trainer that left as well, we got the equipment and basically made like a garage gym, which are now like really popular these days. Um, and I took, you know, basically the majority of those clients like wanted to keep working with me. I, I trained some of them like that whole period of time I was there. Um, and so I started training them. Obviously, you know, you go from 
getting paid, you know, 30% of what they're charging or whatever at 24 to now getting everything. So like that was, that was really eye opening to me. I was like, all right, like this whole like entrepreneur thing, like, you know, in terms of not having a ceiling over your head, like this is really interesting to me. Um, and so from there I had another trainer that had quit and he actually started across the gym. It was, it was a different one. Um, and so this was like a really small one. He's the one that kind of invited me to the first workout. And before this point, like, dude, I was the guy that was like, CrossFit's stupid. It just gets people hurt. Like these guys are idiots. Like what are they doing on a pull-up bar? You know, I was, I said all those things, right? And then I go to this, I go to do my, my first workout and it was like an opens workout. It was like thrusters and like chest bar pull-ups. And you had like three minutes to complete a section in order to advance to the next. And I basically, I get through the thrusters really fast because I did powerlifting through high school. So I was like super strong. But then I go up to the chest bar pull-ups and I'm like doing everything strict. And then the time runs out. And so the workout was like three minutes and it was over. And I was like, this is so stupid. And my friend was like, no, you just suck. Like, you didn't advance past the first round. And I was like, what? And so, like, with my background, like, I mean, I was a 181-pound power lifter that back squatted 600 pounds. Like, I was super strong. My gymnastics weren't really that good. And then I came from, like, track and cross-country, so my endurance was good. So, like, when I came into CrossFit, like, I missed qualifying for, for regionals my first year by only four spots. And that was only with like eight months of training because I already came from that background. Um, so that's kind of how like I got into the, the CrossFit space. And, and me and my friend, one random day, we kind of had like a confrontation and I was probably a little bit dramatic and I was like, I'm leaving. Like I'm going to the, this was the gym that I left the big one. Like this was like the biggest, baddest CrossFit gym, like in Dallas. Uh, I was like, I'm going there. Like I'm going to go compete. I'm going to make it to regionals. Like just watch and so that was my life, like, for the next two, three years. Like, I just went all in. I was sipping the Kool-Aid harder than you'd ever seen. Like, I was buying every product from roguefitness.com that you'd ever – I mean, it was ridiculous. But I went all in and, and, like, missing regionals that first year by four spots. The next year, like, I trained my ass off. I made it, like, very easily. And, um, and then I qualified that year after that. So – um, yeah, that's kind of how I got into, into the whole CrossFit space from kind of personal training. I love it, dude. That's funny. Cause I think one of my, not my first CrossFit workout I ever did, but I jumped into CrossFit for like three months just cause I had so many questions on it and my buddy owns a gym. And, uh, the first workout I did, I think was, it was like 30, uh, thrusters, 30 pull-ups in a thousand meter row. And it was like you and a partner and you had to do like a certain, like, in a certain amount of time. And I like just completely ripped off my callus and just bled all over everything, like all over the bar. And like these people had to come like sanitize shit. And I was like, this is my first week in CrossFit. This is kind of fucking crazy. Um, at what point did nutrition click in? Because now you're competing ish or you're being competitive, I could say. And I, I can get it because you're an athletic, you have an athletic background. You're obviously going to be pretty competitive. So CrossFit's probably fucking perfect for you. Um, you jump into this, you want to go to regionals. You're obviously still training people in some capacity. At what point were you like, nutrition is my thing, not training? Yeah. So at that time, I was going to school full time. I was working, doing personal training and coaching CrossFit, like probably you know, 40 hours a week or so. Um, and then I was competing full time. And a lot of those athletes, you know, they're training four, five, six hours a day. Like I was training like two or three hours a day. Um, so 
at that time, like I was trying to decide, I actually, I was in kind of this nutrition realm, getting my nutrition degree, but I was also like training, coaching, you know, competing. So I had that realm. And then I also was like, well, like I was really interested in like mobility and like, you know, PT. I was like, well, maybe I'll go back to school to be a physical therapist. So I was trying to decide, I was like juggling all of those. And I, I started to realize, I was like, all right, like you need to stop like looking into all of these different things. Like you just need to like get laser focused on one. Um, and so I think because, you know, I sat here and spent $60,000 on a nutrition degree, partly because I was in school a little bit longer than I should have been because I was only taking like 10 hours every semester. Um, I think because I had already made that investment, I was like, all right, like, you know, I'm going to leave the other two out. I'm going to go all in on nutrition. Um, and at that point I just like, that's the only thing I studied from there on out. Um, and then finished my degree, got the opportunity to start the online nutrition coaching company at the CrossFit gym. So that was like my, my test run, if you will. And then, so that was year one. And then from there I got to start my own. So this is like two to three years ago. So maybe even a little bit before that, but probably still pre prevalent in the, the CrossFit space when like paleo hit and everybody's doing paleo and their performance was just going through the floor. What that can be included, but what were like some of the mistakes you were seeing? Like you're training in a competitive space, you're training with other CrossFitters, you're coaching other CrossFitters. What were the biggest mistakes that you kept seeing inside of the nutrition realm of things? Yeah, there are so many mistakes, man. And I, and I think like, you know, our mentor, Jason Phillips, did a really, really good job about, like, bringing awareness to the space. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of mistakes. And some of the biggest ones I would say is, like, because I – so I worked, like, even after I stopped competing, uh, I was coaching regional and CrossFit Games athletes, like, in nutrition. Um, and then, obviously, just gin pop clients as well. So the biggest things that we'd see across the board is, like you said, you know, paleo or like full 30 or like these like lower carbohydrate diets were really popular um and so obviously like in a crossfit setting right when you're sitting here trying to, to fuel this glycolytic work like sitting here and removing carbohydrates from it is like removing you know gas from your car right like you know you're just you're gonna run out like you're not gonna have the energy you're gonna start feeling like crap and so in the beginning like a lot of these people would feel fine right these first like 8 10 12 months but then they would start to have these, these symptoms or these repercussions from, from doing it. And then like on the higher end with the elite athletes, like, and I guess you could apply this to gym pop too, but especially with like the competitors, regional or aspiring regional games athletes, like under eating, <laughs> like especially on the female side of things, but even on the male side of things all of the time. I mean, I would have athletes that would come to me that were eating maybe half as much as they should be eating insane how many people are under eating that come into uh our coaching practice as well do you still see that with a uh, general population too like how, how often are you putting people through reverse diets um i mean so we're starting to expand out and like work with more people outside of the crossfit space now but yeah i mean i think if we're just generally talking about the crossfit space like yeah there's there's a lot of people that are under eating and, and it's just simply because you know like you said they came from the 24 hour fitness space where they're like, you know, doing a set, like resting like three minutes, taking a selfie and like moving to the next machine to now doing this like crazy CrossFit stuff. Um, and so, yeah, just like under eating, I would say like how many people do we take through reverse diets? Um, 
I don't know. I mean, if I just threw like a percentage out there, like it would, it would be, it would be more than half for sure. I mean, I think a lot of people, um, are trying to lose weight or lose body fat, um, or even, you know, try to, they're trying to improve their performance in the gym. Um, and they're just simply like under eating. And so even simply reversing them back up to maintenance for a while and then trying to go back into that aesthetic goal, you know, we'll see that quite a bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's pretty prevalent for sure. You, it's funny to me because, and I do this too as a coach, but you're just like, Oh, you know, kind of probably like over 50%. But I think people need to listening, need to understand that he literally just said that probably half of you listening to this or more are under consuming calories. Like that's a fuck ton of people. And when we see people coming in that want to lose weight, who technically need to eat less yet they're eating so minimal that they're stuck. Like it's just such a big warning or red flag that people need to be aware of. So I'm glad that you kind of pointed that out. And I think it does go way out of the CrossFit space. The CrossFit space is just one of those things where those athletes need to be fueled so highly that it's just, it's way more obvious that they're under consuming food. Like it's just a given, like you need to be eating way more. Um, so like going off of that, like, if you could tell the listeners, um, like, I don't know, ways to be more aware of this or ways that you put into implementation to teach people and educate them on what they're doing, why it's wrong. Like, how can you explain that to the listener? Yeah, no, that's a great question. That's what I was going to bring up actually was like, you know, what's so crazy to me is that like people take themselves like, you know, down this rabbit hole and they start feeling like crap and like they start having these things happen, you know, which are like, very negative signs, negative feedback, but yet they just keep doing whatever it is they're doing because their template or their macros or their coach or whatever like tells them to. And it's just like, oh my God, like guys, like our bodies are amazing. Like they give us feedback. We just have to listen, you know? And so one of the things that, that we use with clients is, is biofeedback. So we'll set up, you know, basically something that they'll either check in with like daily or weekly. Um, and it's just looking into those categories with like, sleep you know are you are you having any issues falling asleep at night or waking up throughout the night how much sleep are you getting total um you know looking into their energy levels looking into their digestion sex drive performance recovery mood i mean all of those different kind of biofeedback markers and you know like if somebody comes to us and like there's red flags in one or more categories Obviously, through our time working together, we want to see those categories improve. And so it really just lays out something very nicely in terms of like, you know, a spreadsheet to where, hey, that first week, you know, in our initial assessment, you had these three kind of red flags. And over the course of however many weeks, we start to see improvements in all those areas. I think that's huge, too, for people to not focus on the scale so much because they can get so sucked into that, especially if weight loss is the goal, obviously. Um, what are some ways or like, reasons you give clients to actually look at these numbers. And the reason I ask you this is because there's a lot of people, and I recently did a seminar, um, shameless plug, you can grab that free download in the description. Um, I recently did a seminar at a CrossFit gym and one lady was like, well, I just don't have the time to track. Like, what do you do for people like that? And I thought it was funny because the owner of the CrossFit gym stood up and was like, well, like, I just feel like that's just lack of discipline. And I was like, man, that's probably not the best way to answer that question right now but we kind of fed off this conversation we all had a conversation about like well there's a difference between being busy and being productive there's a difference between having discipline and taking time to educate yourself so it becomes a simple habit so on and so forth but you know we're on the topic of people under eating and all these signals that our bodies give us at the end of the day if we're not aware of the signals if we're not aware of what we're intaking there's no way to fix it 
So how do you go about educating people of like this stuff actually matters and you have to spend time doing it. You have to track macros as unfortunate as that may be because you don't want to do it. Like this is part of the process. Like how do you go about working with those people? Yeah, that's a good question. So, I mean, I really, like, I really try to meet that person, you know, where they are in, in this journey of nutrition or this journey of life, right? And so, um, I, I think that, like, there's some people that might want, or they might need macros, like, and there's some people that maybe don't need macros, right? And so, it's really just, like, meeting these people where they are, but I think, like, through that biofeedback assessment in the very beginning, if we find out, like, if I point out, like, multiple red flags, then it makes it a lot easier for biofeedback to be something that they actually want to check in on a daily or weekly basis, right? So if, if, if through our initial assessment, if they don't have any of these issues, if, like, everything's perfect, like, for me, I think it's a lot harder to get them to, like, buy into to actually, you know, checking that stuff out. Now, if through a point in our process, if they're, like, you know, hey, like, I don't know what it is, like, I'm starting to have, like, issues with sleep or this or that, then cool, now we need to start tracking biofeedback, right? Um, on the food logging side of things, like, in the initial assessment process, like, yeah, we, what we do is we're like, look, we need to look into food quantity, you know, through weighing and logging food, right? Like, we need to assess that. How many calories are you taking on average, right? But um, we also need to look into kind of the food quality. So we'll have them take like a food picture log to assess that. And then going forward, like there's a lot of people that like just won't log their food. Um, and it's a really hard thing. I mean, in a perfect world, yeah, all my clients would log their food and make my life and all of our coaches' life so much easier, right? Um, but again, I just want to meet them where they are. So maybe they're willing to just do the picture log. Like, look, let's be honest. Like, if you can't freaking take your phone and take a picture of your food before you eat it, which takes one second, and text it to me right then on the spot, like, if you can't do that, then you, just, you really just don't care, you know? And so, like, if I don't have a MyFitnessPal or whatever, like, food log to look at, if I at least have a picture log to look at, like, at least I can assess food quality, and then I can do my best to assess food quantity. Now, Obviously, I can't, you know, sit there and look at a picture and be 100% accurate in calories and macros, but I could probably ballpark and be pretty close. Yeah, I think, and I think that's like the last thing you just kind of pointed out is like, you don't actually care. Like, I think that's a big key. And people ask me like, well, how come so many of your clients actually track macros? And it's like, well, the reality is because a lot of people come to me because they have an issue. So when I say, hey, we should probably track macros, they're like, of course, whatever I need to do. So I think it, sometimes it does come down to like, I just want it this bad. You know, and I do have clients that don't track macros because it's just not feasible. So we do things like the picture log or whatever. But it's important for people to understand, like if you want something that bad, if you really want to see this result, I mean, this comes out on New Year's Day. So for those of you who are setting their New Year's resolutions, like if you want it that bad, you have to outsource. You have to go above and beyond, right? You have to do something that you're currently not doing that's going to separate you from where you are right now. Otherwise, you're not, you can't really expect any further results. Um, just to kind of keep this dialogue going of this like coaching talk, I want to get your, pick your brain on quantity versus quality. How do you implement that? And how do you go about that? Like, what do you care about? What's important? And what do you tell your clients? Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's a big conversation in like what matters more, right? Quality or quantity. And I think the big thing we try to educate clients on is that like, no, 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 no. Like you shouldn't sit here and like try to, you know, focus on one more than the other. Like they both matter. Like if we're talking the long game, right? If we're talking forever, like they both matter. 
Um, and so, you know, again, it's just creating awareness around food quantity. Like if you've never tracked your macros before, like if you've, ne if you don't own a food scale, if you've never weighed your food, if you've never done any of these things, well then you at least, you at least need to do it. Like at least, you know, we need to create awareness in your life and we need to educate you and equip you with that tool. Right? So that's what we talk about, like building your nutritional tool belt. So you know, logging your food on MyFitnessPal, that's a skill, that's a tool that you should be able to put into your tool belt. If you don't feel confident in being able to log your food, that's something that us as a coach needs to educate you on so that you have that tool, right? Um, and so that's, you know, in terms of food quantity, like that's kind of what we look into that. And then there's other clients that like, you know, they get it and they understand it. Like, look, I have this aesthetic goal. Like I want to go stand on stage or, or whatever. Like, look, you have to track your freaking food. Like you're not going to go stand on stage I mean, you can, but I mean, good luck, right? So um, again, it's just meeting that person where they are, but in terms of food quantity, like, yeah, it's, it's either you're kind of weighing or you're not. Now we can look into like using your hand and trying to like use, you know, like hand portion sizes and stuff like that. Um, I think it just depends. Like, are you, you know, are you, are you Sally down the street that like your, your nutrition education is like, zero or are you like some you know athlete that's like trying to go stand on a stage or perform at a high level or are just super dedicated and have been in the nutrition space for a while it's not your first rodeo you know so it's just kind of like cool i have all these tools i'm going to meet you where you are and like we're going to start to move you forward in whatever way makes sense for you um and then on the food quality side of it like you know, I'm a big proponent of like, yes, we can look into like organic and grass fed and wild caught and blah, 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 blah. But like, it's, it's just, I would rather focus on where are you actually sourcing your food from? And, you know, for us, like here in like the Dallas area, like I, I tell clients that are, that are local here in Dallas, I'm like, you have to literally try to not eat healthy. Like we have Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, Sprouts, Costco, all these healthy restaurants, like all over. So depending upon where you live, you know, obviously it's going to dictate what you have access to. Um, but there's even a lot of great companies that are shipping like nationwide, you know, like I know you use, um, what was the, like the state company that butcher box, butcher box. Yeah. So, you know, like that's really high quality meat and they ship nationwide. Like, so there's starting to be more and more like availability and access to it. But, um, that's kind of the big piece on food quality. You know, where are you sourcing your foods from? Like, I'm sorry, like, you know, grass fed ground, ground beef from, from Whole Foods versus like frozen ground beef or something from Walmart. Like, it's just not the same. Um, you know, look at it, like cook it, taste it, like you'll see the difference. Um, and so that's kind of the big piece with food quality. And then on food quantity, it's like, if you've never created awareness in your life with that, we definitely need to create that awareness. And depending upon your goal and where you are in this kind of journey of, of nutrition and life like that's going to kind of dictate what direction we go and, and what you'll actually be compliant with too. You know, like if I sat here and, and, and said, Hey, we're going to log your food and you were, you were good with that. And like you were doing it for a few weeks and then you just completely dropped off and like could never get back on. I'm not going to just keep saying, Hey, like you have to log your food or I can't like help you. You know, it's like, Hey, like you're not doing this. You keep saying you're going to do it, but you're not doing it. So maybe we can do this. Like maybe we can try this differently or maybe we just need to have a real heart to heart, you know, like, I don't know. Um, so just, yeah, that's kind of addressing both of those. I love, uh, I love the, the tool belt 
analogy. Like that's really smart. And we, we push, I mean, you're very similar. We push education so hard and it's all just for awareness, right? Like macros aren't a diet, they're a tool, right? It's just, it's a metric biofeedback's the same way. It just tells us more about what we're doing, how we're doing it, what your body's, how your body's reacting from what we're doing and how we can predict what's going to happen next. So you can get to your goal, right? So I think that's huge for people to take in. It's like, this is all education just so you can become more aware. Um, because we both have a similar philosophy on a lot of different things within the nutrition space. I'm curious. This is just a selfish question that I just thought of. What is your prediction? Like, what do you think in 2019 or even 2019 and above, like what is the future of nutrition? Like, what do you see happening right now or growing or, or what do you think is going to happen going forward? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the online space is extremely interesting um you know i'm i'm extremely excited to see like where like how these social media platforms evolve and then you know obviously we listen to like gary v all the time so he's talking about like you know voice and and like alexa and all this stuff so that's super interesting like i, I wonder like what that dynamic will look like um but honestly man it, it's not so much like what i'm excited for well let me take that back if somebody created an app that was like my fitness pal that you literally could just take a picture of your meal and it would automatically input the macros and everything like hundred percent accurate. Like that would be so dope. <laughs> um, but that's probably not gonna happen. So, um, I'm not so much excited for the future. I'm all, I'm actually a little scared in, in regards to technology because you know, I love technology. I love what social media has done for us, you know, and spreading our reach and, and creating more impact. But, I also think that like, you know, the farther and farther that we get away from like human interaction, right? So templates, apps, whatever, versus one-on-one -on -one getting on phone consultations or meeting one-on-one -on -one in person. Like, I just think that human interaction, human connection, like that is the driving force behind true sustainable, you know, change and, and like true transformation. So um, that's the biggest piece for me. It's like technology is great, but like human interaction will always be like a, the highest priority for, for us because I think the farther we get away from that, the, the more and more people feel like they're just getting coached by a robot. I couldn't agree more. And you know what? I, like, I've said this on a previous podcast, like in I'm, our brand is all about individualization. Like we want to cater to the specific person. And I saw that as like the future about a year or two ago. I was like, you know, there's a lot of templates. There's a lot of programming. There's a lot of things that are done for the masses. Boot camps blew up. So everything was group this, group that. And I was like, man, I really think the future is going to be individualization. Like I'm starting to see these people come out. I'm starting to preach it. And then lo and behold, John Russin comes out. Uh, Jason Phillips comes out like they get really big even precision nutrition started doing more one-on-one -on -one stuff rather than the huge group setting things and those group things kind of slowed down or the templates or the pre-programmed algorithm based shit kind of slowly died down and all these individualized coaches kind of rose to the top um, and I always was like man that's going to be the future so now and I agree with you 100% about human connection I think that's why one of the reasons why that and because everybody's so different individualization took off I'm worried that technology is going to try to take that over and create more algorithms around individualization and say that technology can provide that, but I don't think it's possible. So I believe that it's going to go exactly how you're saying, and then it's going to revert right back and do this kind of loop, if that makes sense. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and it's, it's bullshit if they're saying that because it's, it's literally impossible. Like, 
you can, even if they get the individualization side of it down, that still doesn't cover the human interaction, the human connection piece. Like, unless they can create, like, and, and it would be a robot. So it, it wouldn't even be, like, if I was talking to a robot right now, like, that would be so weird. <laughs> like, you know, so I don't, you can't replace human beings. So I just, I don't know. Like, I think that, like, human being interaction, like, I mean, I mean, my God, we talk, everybody's talking these days about, you know, like depression and like, and like all of this stuff with like, um, you know, just like social media and people being isolated and all these things. Right. And it's like, it just goes to show like, you know, especially as an entrepreneur, I mean, you know, working from home, like we need to get out of our like little, you know, house here. Right. We need to like get out and like talk to people like, um, you know, and I think just that human interaction piece, like if I, if I wasn't able to like communicate with, you know, my team and like all of our clients and like, you know, you and like other people like in our, in our group, like it would, it would just be such a lonely world, you know? And so I think like, as I look forward to my mentor calls, you know, every two weeks, as I look forward to, to my, my nutrition coaching calls every two weeks, like our clients really look forward to, to those too, you know? And like, sometimes it's about nutrition, but sometimes it's just about like helping them through whatever it is that they're struggling at that moment in life. I think that's so fucking key. Like templates and algorithms can create macronutrient ratios. Like they can create prescriptions that provide macros, but at some point down the line, that client is going to experience anxiety, stress, depression, some kind of emotional disruption, something that's going to throw them off that they cannot plug into an Excel template or cannot plug into an app that has an algorithm. It's just impossible. I mean, like, like you said, dude, I've, I've had conversations that last that go every day consistently throughout the whole entire week with a client that has nothing to do with nutrition. It's about what they're experiencing in their life and they needed an ear and an unbiased opinion to talk to them through it. And that's quote unquote nutrition coaching, right? No, it's just coaching. So hundred percent agree with you, man. You couldn't have said it better. Um, a couple more questions. Actually, I got three for you. One you probably already know is coming, but the first one, this is for clients, not business owners. So I want you to make sure you distinguish how you answer it. Um, anybody who is stepping into this new year, 2019, they're setting their goals. They want to accomplish new levels of fitness, nutrition, body composition, whatever it has to do with health. What is your number one recommendation for those people to make sure that they stay consistent with their goals past February and March? Mm. And that is the billion dollar question. <laughs> I, think if, I think if I had the solution, the magic pill for that, I think I would, uh, I would grow some more money in January, February than anybody else. <laughs> So what's, so what's the, uh, what's the number one piece of advice then? What would you say? Like if you're looking at people who you have seen this, we've both seen this, they set goals in new years. They're so motivated, but it does die off at two to three months in. I mean, I think they say like it's either 80 or 90% of people actually fail their new year's resolutions, which is crazy. Um, what is your advice to those people to stay consistent? Yeah. So, you know, I think, God, it's hard to just pick one. I think there's a few different things that I could, that I could go into, but, um, I think the number one thing is we do a really good job about setting goals. We have these cute 2019 goals, you know, new year, new me, whatever. But most of us don't, and I'm, I admit it, like I didn't do this until you know, the last like probably year, honestly, like getting serious about it. But digging into your freaking why behind why you want to accomplish that goal. Like, I don't think people define, like they might, give some cookie cutter little one sentence answer, but like, 
you know, go through something like body being balanced in business, you know, like what we went through, like, you know, take yourself back and like, ask yourself, okay, this is my goal or my goals, but like, why is it that I want to accomplish this goal? And what happens if I don't accomplish this goal? Like, what does that look like? And I think once that's established, then it's like, dude, you have to write it down, like put a post-it note on your mirror, in your car, on your front door, on your refrigerator, write it in your journal every single day. And even if you don't, like even if it's some goal that maybe you don't 100% believe in yourself in, right? Like I, I set goals all the time that like, I can sit here and bullshit with you and tell you that like I 100% believe in it, but like maybe I don't 100% believe in myself in that moment. But the more I tell myself that, right? The more that you see that on the mirror, on the door, in your car, at your office, the more that you write it, the more that you almost like trick yourself into believing it, that's when it actually like manifests. And that's like when it actually starts to become. It's the same thing that I had to do when I came back from Kansas. Like I was looked at as a piece of shit. I had to sit here and redefine myself to not only to myself, but to my family, to my friends, to the community. Then as a professional, like I had to redefine my whole entire life. And I had to remind myself every single day why I was doing it. And my why is because I got a second chance at life. And like that shit is real. Like I will never, ever, ever take that for, for granted. So whatever your goal is for 2019, take a second like get by yourself, take some time for yourself and like really think about why you don't, you want to accomplish this goal. Dude, that's fucking powerful. Super huge. And I could not agree more. I think the second I started deep diving into why I was doing what I was doing and what I actually wanted, I learned more about myself and, and you actually kind of have a perspective change of what you actually want. Like there's a difference but, uh, between like what you think you want and what truly like the true burning desire inside your body, inside your mind, inside your heart of like what you actually want to accomplish and why you want to accomplish. When you take away judgments, when you take away comparison, when you take away trying to impress other individuals, things change so much. I'm glad you kind of just talked about goal setting in that realm instead of just giving us like a, a nutritional strategy. And my next question was going to be like, how does that change for business owners? Like what would you recommend coaches do or anyone that wants to improve their financial career? But I don't, like, would you even change the answer? Because I think that was like for everybody. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely think it's for everybody. But if, if we were going into more of the, you know, the business side, it's so funny, right? Like the mentorship world is, is really blowing up. And like, you know, I think that like coaches, trainers, RDs, whatever, they're seeking out mentors, which really it's just a coach. And then Jim Pop is seeking out coaches. Right. So coach, mentor, whatever you want to call it, like dependent upon the realm, the industry, whatever. But I think for business owners, like guys, less than one year ago, like I started my business February 1st or March 1st. Like when I did it, I had $5,000 in my bank account. I invested $6,000. So I had to get a credit card. I had no money. I was super comfortable. I was driving a brand new Cadillac. was making pretty good money as a personal trainer, like dollars $80,000 a year. And, you know, quit my job, got super freaking uncomfortable, 
got my caddy, sold that. I drive a freaking blue Honda Civic that's paid off now. Like it sucks. I hate it, but hey, short term, right? Um, and you know, now I have a team with two other registered dietitians on staff and an admin and a videographer and like, not to toot my horn or anything, but like I made a decision that scared the absolute shit out of me. I felt like I was going to throw up for at least a week after I did it. And it literally changed my life. Me hiring a mentor, the mentor calling me out on all my bullshit, the mentor believing in me and me putting in the work and taking the action. And then two months later, like getting a whole nother fire in me, right? Like finding out that I'm going to have a child. So like your backs, when your backs up against the wall, like you fight and you claw and like no different than back in Kansas coming home. Like that was a low, you know, like what I just did here a year ago, that wasn't a low, but it was, it was super, super scary. So I think business owners out there, like, you know, I just think mentorship is such a huge thing and it's, it's something that can really collapse time. Um, my goals for my first year of business were, you know, like I, I was playing so small and that was another thing that my mentor helped me realize. You know, I think a lot of us start to kind of live in our own little world and, you know, like, for, for business owners out there, like if, especially like trainers, coaches, like RDs, like, you know, you live in your gym or you live in your hospital or whatever. And like the reality of it is, is like this world is huge. So when I made the shift from scarcity mindset to abundancy mindset, like that's what changed the game because now I started to live my life in a way where you know, you don't sit here and like talk about the negative and make the excuses. Like you just find a way, you just be a problem solver, like empathetic problem solver. That's like our tagline at iCoach for all of our coaches. We're empathetic. We get it. We'll meet you where you are, but we're going to help you overcome this. Like I've been through a lot of shit in my life. I've had to overcome a lot of adversity and I'm pretty freaking confident that I can help a lot of people overcome whatever they're going through. I love that, dude. That's so true. And it's, I think 99% of people sell themselves short and they, they shoot too small. Like you said, they were, you're playing a small game. And I think a lot of people do. And even if you do believe in yourself, a lot of times you don't believe in your true potential because you're unaware of what you can actually do. And I've experienced that firsthand. I've experienced that with people, my clients and my mentor clients, like, right. Like, and I think that applies to every area, like what you can achieve with your body physically your mind mentally, your relationships, your business, everything, like every category of life, every pillar. So I'm glad you went that route. And I'm glad you had a different answer than the first one. The final question that I have for you, which you probably are aware of, because you have listened to the podcast before, you're at a dinner table, and you have three empty seats in front of you. They can be alive or dead. But they cannot be friends or family. Who is sitting at that dinner table with you? Oh, that's easy for me, actually. So it would be Gary Vaynerchuk. Love it. Lewis House. Love it. Tim Ferriss. That would be the most entrepreneurial table that you could possibly create. <laughs> like that conversation would go a million fucking ways. And all of those people could dominate a conversation, which is funny. Um, actually, you know, I think Tim Ferriss might sit back and listen quite a bit. I think Gary Vaynerchuk would be like yelling his ass off at everybody. And I think Lewis House would have a few things every once in a while to pop in and like 
keep the conversation going because he's such a great interviewer. But that would be a great table, man. I like that. I would definitely, and it would be a podcast too. Like we would be there at the dinner table. Like I'm sure they rented out the whole restaurant, so that's cool. So then we just made it up as a podcast table, round table, you know. Um, but yeah, man, you know, it's that's another thing I would recommend, whether it's a business owner or just you know, just somebody out there with with health and fitness goals for the new year. Like if you, well, obviously you are listening to this podcast, so you are in the podcast realm. But my God, if if you have friends and family that aren't like try to put them on too. Like, I mean, I cycle through like, you know, so many, like I literally start my day every single day with a podcast and it just gets your mind right. Like people ask me all the time. They're like, are you even said at the beginning? You're like, you're so positive. And like, people ask me like, why are you, how are you so positive? I'm like, I'm not, I'm like, I have to get my mind right. Just like everybody else in this world does. Right. Like I'm not any different than you. I'm not special. Like, I just realized that there's a, we have access to so many amazing people. And like those three people that I just mentioned, like those are my mentors from afar. Like my mentor I have now, he was my mentor before he even knew that he was going to be my mentor. Like guys, the information's out there. Go apply yourself. Yeah. I think, I think like, cause I get the same question. Like, why are you so positive? And I think it does come down to listening to podcasts, reading specific things, writing in my journal, specific things, doing whatever I can to make myself positive. Right. I do wake up with anxiety and stress and shit like that, that causes me to be negative. I have to go out of my way to become positive and do this right. And get people like you on the podcast so I can talk to other positive people and it keeps going. Like I, I posted this so fucking long ago. I'm going to have to repost it. It's, it. Basically it was like this long thing about how positivity is a choice. And you just said it best there, man. Like nobody is positive by accident. You're not born into positivity. You have to be willing to seek it out and you have to want positivity. So I love the way you ended that, man. I love the, the round table. I would love that table to eat dinner with. Um, I think that was a great answer before I let you sign off, dude, where can everybody find you on Instagram, your website, all that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Website, it's iCoachNutrition.com. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook, same thing. And then my personal Instagram is JustinMurphy underscore iCoach. I love it, dude. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Dude, Cody, I love it, man. Appreciate it. All right, guys, that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show today. A couple quick announcements before I let you go. First and foremost, I just want to encourage you to check out the products I have in the description. First one is the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is a very cheap guide to literally mastering your diet. That's why it's called the All-Inclusive Guide to Mastering Your Diet. It's going to teach you exactly what and how to manage your calories, your macros, your meal timing, your supplements, your micronutrients, literally everything you need to know about dieting and nutrition and how to change your body composition through nutrition is included in this book, not just to get your results, but to actually teach you how to get those results along the way. The next thing is going to be functional muscle, which is my first and right now my biggest product out there. This is the program that is based on years and years and years of functional training with tons of clients. So whether your goal is strength, fat loss, or muscle gain, you should be strength training towards these goals while prioritizing functional movement patterns to make sure that you are avoiding any injuries along the way. 
that's exactly what this program does and it's great because it guides you through the process, it changes throughout the process and it gives you demonstrations and explanations about everything you're doing so you never get confused and you always have a solution. You also get access into the Boom Boom Performance Podcast Forum and that is the only way into the forum and that's where you can ask me literally anything about anything and I will help guide you through the process. Last thing I want to mention, guys, is if you could leave me a five-star rating and review, that would be fantastic because it literally is one of the biggest and best ways for me to grow in the iTunes charts. Oh, yeah, and real quick, if you're not subscribed, hit the damn subscribe button because I constantly bust out content for you guys, and I spend a lot of time and effort making sure that you guys can get better results for free by simply listening to this podcast. All right, guys, I'll catch you next time.